0: Well, have you enjoyed celebrating our babies today? I especially love this kind of a day where we can just kind of uh, celebrate new life, you know? Um, there's just something magnetic about babies. Anybody else feel that? You know, you, you see a baby and you just want to like go to them. And I don't know if you're like this. I'm kind of like this where I see a baby and it's, it's my goal to see if I can get them to smile. You know, you go out and you, hey, cool, a little bit, you know, talk baby gibberish. I'm not one of those guys that go up to strange babies. I mean, stranger. I'm not a stranger that goes up to babies. I got to get that out right, right? I don't go up to strange babies. I do that, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm one that I like to go up to babies that at least I know or have some uh, association with and, and just kind of have a little fun with them. There's, there seems to be nothing more calm than to hold a tiny human. In your arms as they sleep. It's fantastic. I mean, it really is a special thing to do that. It just kind of calms all the world when you do that. I don't know if parents or, or grandparents, uh, maybe you have have said these words. Why can't they just stay small? Because we love that. And yet we know that there would be something tragically wrong if they just stayed small forever. Infancy is a brief period of time. And and while we may think it goes far too quickly, the goal is for our babies to gain weight and to gain height. The goal is to see them transition from milk to solid food. The goal is to see them begin to talk and begin to walk and to stop making messes in their pants and to stop scribbling on walls and to stop throwing those temper tantrums. Right? The goal is maturity. But maturity is not merely just a... A necessity following a physical birth. Maturity is necessary following our spiritual birth. We've been talking about grace and the grace of God the last few weeks. And we've been using this definition for grace. Grace is favor given to someone who deserves the opposite. All of us are on this journey of grace. God is so good to us, even though we don't deserve it. In fact, we deserve the opposite. That's grace. Two weeks ago, we talked about God seeking grace, how God pursues us even when we have no interest in him. You know, maybe we we have the, the thought that comes to our mind that says, well, maybe there is a God. Maybe I should reach out to him. Well, that's God pursuing us. God seeking grace. Even when we were a long distance off, when we turn around, we find that he's right there because he's been pursuing us. But he didn't just chase after us to find us and say, oh, good, I found you, right? He's, he, he pursues us to save us. To save us from the road that, that we are going down. To save us from our sin. To save us from the death that sin causes. To save us for a relationship with him. To save us for eternity. To save us for good works. We talked about all of that last week. If you have missed any of the, the sermons in this series, I would encourage you to go back on our Facebook, check those out, our YouTube channel, our podcast. Uh, it's, it's, all of that is there, okay? Grace is favor given to someone who deserves the opposite. The Bible says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were made in His image, but that image has been broken by sin. Naturally speaking, we aren't very godly. Consistently in Scripture... We hear that humanity is born with this disobedient and sinful nature. We are naturally good. We are not naturally good to others. We are are not naturally wanting to honor God. We are naturally selfish. And those of you with with toddlers in the home don't have to take God's word for that, do you? (laughs) I mean, we, we see that toddlers want to do their own thing. We are selfish by nature, and we're really, really good at it. We don't need somebody to teach us how to disobey. Your, class, your, your children don't need a class on how to push your parents' buttons, do they? They know how to do that. They need to be taught how to be loving to others, not how to be selfish. We know how to do that very, very well. As parents, we, we certainly want to, to teach our children right from wrong. But a child isn't a sinner because of bad parenting. Okay? Maybe somebody needs to hear that today. A child isn't a sinner because of bad parenting. Sin isn't a product of nurture. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by nature. And that's why we need a Savior. Every one of us, young and old, need a Savior. Sin is doing what what God says is wrong or not doing what we know to be right. Jesus came to save us from our sins. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, that's why he came, to save us from our sins. Sin in every form, in every form, kills in some way. We've seen it kill purpose. We've seen it kill peace. We've seen sin kill families. We've seen sin kill marriages, haven't we? We've we've seen sin kill other kinds of relationships. God, in his grace, certainly not because we deserved it, seeks us out to save us. Jesus took the death that we deserved. He was raised alive so that we too could have this new life. You know, in this new life, it's not uncommon for us in in Christian circles to refer to that as a spiritual birth, right? To be born again. When we consciously begin this journey with God, we begin, every one of us, as spiritual infants. The journey with Jesus isn't done following His seeking and saving us. And as the grace of God was evident in His seeking us out and saving us, there is grace for the next part of the journey as well. Our subject today and next week, yes, I've got to do this in two parts, is God's sanctifying grace. Sanctification is this, this big biblical word that we don't use maybe very often in regular language that simply means the Holy Spirit's work of maturing us. As we have made the point in regards to the need for babies to grow in physical maturity, it is necessary for anyone who has a spiritual birth to also grow in spiritual maturity. We can, we can describe the process of Christian maturity in lots of ways. And, and we, could, we could talk about you know, the things that we need to learn to do, you know, learn to do better. Like last week, we talked about the good works that, that God has planned in advance for us to do. We're talking about that, those kinds of things. We could learn to do those things. We could also learn to eliminate those things that we shouldn't be doing, the sin in our lives, that which God calls sin or that which we know to be wrong. But if we were to describe this whole process as succinctly as possible, we could call Christian maturing this. Christian maturity is perfecting love. I mean, when you think about it, isn't that it? If we learn how to love, if we really learn how to love, and when we talk about love, we're not talking about this emotional kind of love. We're not talking about romantic love. We're not talking about this physical kind of love, okay? We're talking about the love that says, okay, what is going to be best for that person? I want to do that for that person. When we talk about love, we're talking about how do we eliminate selfishness from my life and give to others? That's what we're talking about with love. And if we could really understand love and how to love others and how to love God, we are maturing spiritually, right? I mean, it's really that simple. Listen to how the Bible talks about this in 1 John. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. We're infants at that point. And knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. If God is love and we are born of God, learning to love is primary for the Christian, right? Just as physical maturity is is necessary for an infant, spiritual maturity is not an option for the Christian. We have to mature. We got to learn to love. Okay, So let's let's read on verse 9 there. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That is to say, by his sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice, he made us at one with him. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In the original language that this part of the Bible is written in, that word that we have translated complete is the word telos. Okay? I'm going to keep referring to that, so I want you to know it. It's telos. It can be translated complete. It can also be translated perfect. It can also be translated mature. Love is made complete. It's perfected. It's made mature in us. So how do we mature spiritually? Some of us have been trying to figure that out for years, right? How do, we, how do we mature? If you're an adult and somebody says to you, grow up, that's a sign that you have maturity to come, right? It's not necessarily a natural process to mature Spiritually. Sanctification, or this Christian maturity, sanctification involves God's grace. It should be no surprise that that sanctification begins with God's grace. Because God seeks us. It's God who who pursues us first, it's God who saves us, and it's also God who sanctifies us. Our spiritual maturity begins with God's activity. And we saw this in this passage. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. We're called to mature in love, but we don't have a chance to do that unless He shows us what love is we have no per- better picture of what love is than who god is because god is love he does this he shows us what love is but he does better than that he doesn't just instruct us from the outside listen to what it says here it says god lives in us and his love is made complete in us in us in us you are not going to mature on your own. Because in the same way that you can't save yourself, like we talked about last week, the, the person who is dead can't work their way back to life. And in the same way, you can't sanctify yourself. It's God's work to sanctify. How does he do that? Let's keep reading. And, and notice as we read the evidence that God is doing this work. Though we never deserve any of this love, God is gracious and wanting to complete us. Let's look at verse 13. It says this, This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. Have you done anything to deserve God's Spirit living in you? Me either. I mean that's a that's an awesome gift that He has given to us. He goes on to say, and and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely, I love that word there, we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. See, the process of becoming more loving is a process of becoming more like God. The way you become more loving is by allowing God to do His work in you. Sanctification involves God's grace, but sanctification involves our faith. Remember last week we said that that God's grace is a gift. It isn't earned. Salvation is a gift that you accept by faith. Neither can Can we earn His grace necessary for you to become more uh, like Him? He has given us His Spirit. Sanctification is also a gift that we have to accept by faith. Listen to to the way that God calls Paul the missionary. Remember Apostle Paul? the, The way that he calls him into missionary service. This is what God says to him. I am sending you to them, to the Gentiles, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Last week we we said that this grace is a gift. And if grace is a gift, then faith is our acceptance of that gift. If you are ever going to spiritually mature, you have to trust God's Spirit to do His work in your life. If you're ever going to spiritually mature, you have to accept God's work of grace in your life. So when God's Spirit says in that moment of tension, don't react with a temper. You can get through this. I'm going to help you. We have a decision in those moments. The the Spirit is saying, I'm going to empower you to respond correctly. Will you do it? When he points something out in our lives and says that's sin, behavior he calls sin or something we know to be right, we're just not doing it. When he points that out, we have a decision to make. Will you accept his help to do the right thing? Will you trust him? See, that's what it comes down to. Will you put your faith in him that his decision, the way that he's going to you know that if you roll with him and his ways it will it will be better are you going to put your faith in him will you trust him by faith you accept his gift of his spirit that gives you the power to do the most loving thing every time you by faith accept his grace you mature Wouldn't you love for your children to quickly accept your help and advice at every turn? I mean, anybody like that? You know, you think, if I could just say it once to my kid and he would say, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense, Dad. I will do it that way the rest of my life. You're awesome. I would love that. It doesn't happen that way always, does it? Don't you know that God wishes that we would listen to the Father's voice and say, God, you are so right. I'm so glad you brought that to my attention. I will always do it that way from here on, on or here on out. Thank you, Father. Don't you know that He longs for us to respond that way? God wants that. For each of us. And the more quickly we learn to trust His Spirit's guidance, the more quickly we will mature in the faith. Here's an important point that is related to that. Spiritual maturity involves training. Spiritual maturity involves more than just time. I put my time in. You know, you don't mature that way. You know, we, we might look at, at a physical birth and just say, well, you know, they're, they're, they're 10 years old. They kind of look like all the other 10-year-olds. They're, they're just kind of, they're developing that way. 10-month-old, they look kind of like all the other 10-month-olds. They're just kind of developing, and it's a great 10-month-old. They're on the growth curve, just, just where they're supposed to be. And you just, you just kind of feed them a little bit, and that's what happens. But it doesn't happen the same way in spiritual maturity. See, I have known people who have been a Christian for 10 months show more progress in perfecting love for God and others than those who have been Christians for 10 years. You have too. And the Bible notes this disparity. The Apostle Paul writes to the believers in Corinth, and, and he says, there's a problem here. He says it this way, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere, say the word, infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. You were were infants at that point. When I was with you, you were infants. I gave you milk. You were not ready for solid food. Indeed, you are still not ready you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And that's mere humans. That's kind of an interesting piece there. we need to jump back. I think that will become clear as we talk some more. We find that a similar thing with, with the pastor to the Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews. He says a similar thing. He says, we have much to say, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Do you hear It's the same kind of thing. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. This is the word telos that we looked at earlier. Making his love complete in us. This is the word telos. Mature, perfect, complete. This is Solid food is made for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, to telos, the way you're supposed to be, the purpose that God has in mind for you. Sanctification involves training. We don't become mature by just now and then obeying God. Any more than we become physically fit by now and then exercising. Right? We have to train. Rather, he he continues to sanctify us as we continue to practice obedience. And the more the Holy Spirit helps you live in love, the more you begin to look like Jesus. That's cool. Listen to this this last portion of 1 John 4 that we've been reading from the New Living Translation. It says it this way, We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in His love. It's the faith that we were talking about. It's our response to His gift. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. That's a spirit that he's talking about that helps us make the right decisions. And as we live in God, our love grows more. Can you guess what that word is? Tell us. We mature. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. That's huge. Sanctification involves resembling Jesus. A toddler exhibits inbred selfishness, this is a result of being born in sin, okay? The very first chapter of the Bible says humanity was created in God's image. We were created to reflect God's image, His love, His holiness. But since sin entered into the world, that happened in chapter 3 of the Bible. Ever since then, humanity hasn't been reflecting this nature of God. We've been reflecting this nature of Sin selfishness we're more selfish than loving we're more corrupt than holy but god's grace has been put into effect when we did not deserve it he said i have a plan to restore humanity to so that humanity can begin reflecting god again By God's grace, when we deserve the opposite, God sent Jesus to be our Savior and sent His Spirit to be our sanctifier. That's awesome news. By God's grace, as we receive His Spirit and accept His instruction, we learn to love and we begin reflecting the image and the purpose. We Reflect love, we reflect holiness that humanity was intended to be. We are made mature. As we spiritually mature, we begin to more and more resemble Jesus, the very image of God. We don't become God, but we begin to reflect. God's nature, don't we? If you don't think you're quite on Jesus' level, then you still have some maturing to do. Right? If you do think you're you're right on Jesus' level, guess what? You have some maturing to do, right? <laughs> We all need to continue in our maturing. Every one of us. Because none of us resemble Jesus perfectly yet. May we grow into maturity. And let me simply read some, some scripture as we make this last point. Okay, this is just, just gonna read this scripture. You make the connections. Sanctification, Sanctification involves maturing with others. This is from Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become telos The mature telos body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined together and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Isn't that cool? We were created for church, the church, not just attending on Sundays. We were created to be a part of this body of people who are saying, I want to mature spiritually. I want to learn to resemble Jesus. I want to learn to to, to, I want the Holy Spirit to do something in me so that this this restoration process can happen so that I begin to reflect God's nature and love and holiness to all the world. That's so cool and we are just getting started but i told you we're going to do this in two parts right and somebody said hallelujah right this is such good news though because here's here's what happens just kind of give you a, a a primer for next week this is easier said than done Because there's a war that takes place within us. The good that I want to do, why can I not carry it out? God help me. And you get frustrated. And it's it's easy to just throw it all out. No, don't do that. You come back next week. And we want to talk more about this sanctifying grace that God has given us by His Spirit.